Oddscast, brought to you by the medical students of UCD and RCSI. Please note that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult your doctor if you have any concerns about your health or pregnancy. These podcasts were created in accordance with RCOG guidelines. My name is Emily and in this episode we will be discussing management of a pregnancy where the woman has type 1 diabetes. You are the consultant obstetrician and you are about to see Miss Monica Byrne, a 34-year-old lady who is here to see you for her first antenatal appointment at five weeks in her first pregnancy. She has been living with type 1 diabetes since she was 12 years old and her HbA1c levels have usually been within target over the last number of years. She has been in touch with her endocrinologist to tell them that she is pregnant. Hello Monica, my name is Emily and I'm going to be your consultant looking after you for your next couple of visits to the hospital. I believe that you've already seen the diabetes midwife specialist, the dietitian and the endocrinologist today. I'm one of the obstetricians so I was going to just check a couple of things with you if that's okay. I'm sorry if we are all asking the same questions. Would you prefer Monica or Miss O'Brien? Monica's fine, thanks. Thanks Monica. So we're going to do an ultrasound scan of the baby today and take some bloods to make sure everything is in order and then we'll chat about our next steps for the coming weeks. Does that sound okay? And ask me any questions along the way or stop me if you think I'm going too fast. Monica, you're five weeks in, congratulations. How's it all going? Hi, uh, yes, I think it's going okay so far. My husband and I were thrilled when we finally heard the news. I had been keeping a very close eye on my HbA1c for the past couple of months and I have it under 6.5% at the moment, which I'm pretty happy with. Oh, that sounds perfect, well done. Are you on? An insulin pump or do you use pens? I'm on the pens, so I inject my long acting insulin once in the morning and then once in the evening. And then my short acting with every meal. I find I'm having a lot of hypos at the moment though. Is there anything I can do to stop that? My husband is just really worried because they always happen at night and he's afraid that I won't feel it and I won't wake up sometime. Okay, yeah, we'll have to do something about that because it can be very dangerous if you keep going low. You may lose your hypo awareness which means you may not feel your blood sugar is going low until it's a really bad one. A lot of women say this happens to them, especially in the first trimester like yourself. What do you use to treat your hypos with, Monica? I usually have one of those small cartons of juice or five or six loop Kazade tablets. Okay, great. Well, as you know, always keep one of them by the bed in case you need it during the night. They say now that 10 grams of carbohydrate is enough to treat a low and always check your sugars 10 minutes after. It is also important to have the glucagon on hand and carry it around with you in case of emergency. I'm sure your husband is well familiar with how to use it at this stage. A lot of women will be on lower doses than their normal in the first trimester and by the end of the pregnancy they need significantly more insulin than they've ever used and it can be quite shocking for them. The demands of your body and of the baby tend to change as you get later into the pregnancy so we'll take it one day at a time. It sounds like you're doing incredibly well though with the perfect HbA1c. Well yeah, I'm happy with that result because I have been pricking my fingers to test my blood around eight times a day. I was never used to testing one hour after eating before I got pregnant, but now that I've been told that the reading has to be less than seven millimoles per litre, I'm really trying to get within that target. I'm also not eating between meals to keep it below five millimoles a litre. Well, you're doing amazing work, Monica, because yes, we know that the lower the HbA1c, the lower risk your baby would be to things like neural tube defects and problems with their heart and other what we call malformations. 
I would say though, if you f- do feel like a snack between meals, eat if you're hungry because your body needs all the energy it can get at this moment. The dietitians will also go through this with you in minute detail. And you've been taking your folic acid every day? We usually give mothers with diabetes a higher dose than other mothers, just to reduce this risk even more. Yes, every day. Could I also ask you, am I still at risk of having a miscarriage now? So Monica, unfortunately, mothers with type 1 diabetes are at higher risk for a miscarriage throughout their pregnancy. Once we see a heartbeat on the scan, like today, your risk is reduced, but it is important to try and get as good control as you can. That's why there are so many people on this team to work with you. Sometimes this happens regardless of the HbA1c level though, no matter how good your level is. So it is always better to try to get as good a level as you can without increasing your risk of hypoglycemia. Monica, I can assure you though that what you are doing at the moment is perfect and keep looking after yourself by eating well and getting lots of rest. This will make your baby very happy. And lots of mothers with diabetes come into the hospital every day and have gorgeous healthy babies, so there is a good chance you'll be doing the same. Okay, thanks for that. Monica, do you experience high blood sugars during the day? Not really. Uh, Now that I'm carb counting and adjusting my insulin doses to what I eat, certain foods make me go really high, especially scones for some reason. I just can't bring it down afterwards, no matter how much insulin I give. It's good that you know the foods that will make you spike, and it is best to avoid them during the pregnancy. Foods that are high in fat or protein also slows the breakdown of the carbohydrate, so they won't tend to spike the sugars as much. Have you ever had a DKA or a high blood sugar where you've had to go to the hospital? I did, yeah, when I was a teenager, but have not had any since then. That's great. As you know, if you do get a high glucose reading, always check the ketones in your blood with your monitor too. These can climb quite quickly if you're sick or have an infection or are vomiting a lot. If the ketones are high, ring your GP immediately or call us here at the hospital. The diabetes midwife has probably gone through your sick day rule with you already, have they? Yeah, I'll always check the ketones and drink plenty of water too because I get very dehydrated when they go high. Good. Well, it's very clear you know what you're doing. We'll be seeing you every two to three weeks from now and you'll have a fetal anatomy scan at 20 weeks where we will be able to monitor how your baby is growing. A test called an echo will also be done here which will be able to see how the baby's heart is working. We'll keep track of your blood pressure also and we'll also make sure that the baby is the right size for its gestational age. As I'm sure you know, sometimes the baby can be very large. There is also a risk the baby may become small for its gestational age, so we'll just have to monitor it closely. Is there a way of knowing if this is happening? Well, we'll also be able to pick it up on our ultrasound scan when you come to your antenatal visits. We also say if you notice a dramatic decline in the amount of insulin you need as you get further into the pregnancy, this could mean that the placenta is not working the way it should be and may cause the baby's growth to slow down. But you're doing exceptionally well, Monica. So just keep going and ring us here if there's anything we can help you with. And the very best of luck. Oh, thanks very much. This podcast was written by Emily O'Hanlon and voiced by Molly Murphy O'Kane and Emily O'Hanlon. Links to the written notes and sources used in the podcast are included in the description. We would like to thank Professor Mary Higgins for her help and expertise in creating this podcast and to Kevin Murphy for allowing us to use his recording studio. Thank you for listening to this episode of Obscast. We hope you find it useful and that you join us again soon.